0: You're listening to the Kingdom
1: Flow Podcast. I'm Kyle Jones. And I'm Ian Sperry. Now more than ever, we're in a time where Christians need to rise up and business owners and corporate executives have a great opportunity to capture hearts by living out their faith, holding the line that's being challenged every day.
0: Listen in as we work to uncover ways to help you live your life by design and challenge the norm by talking about how we break down barriers and truly encourage you to go all in on your faith. And also don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Before we get going in today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you knew that this is actually the second portion to our interview with Kyle Ewald. So if you didn't hear the first part, hit stop and go back and listen to that first before you jump into this second portion of the episode. Thanks for listening. There's so many things and and questions that I've just had throughout the whole uh, portion of your story, you know, one observation that I'll make is, and I've seen this with, um, you know, just other talking to other people who come from a pretty tough background and, and there's just such a pure, um, just a pureness and a rawness around your faith in, in your encounter with, with God and, and how you, I mean, just, you just wanted to do anything. All you knew what to do was go and, and be yeah. homeless people. Like there's just such a pureness there. And I think for people who grow up in the comforts of their own home and, you know, the white picket fence type thing, yeah. even if not that, even if you come from, you know, an environment where you're not having to worry about your next meal, yeah, it it can be easy to lose sight of like, the dependability that we need on Jesus yeah. until we actually see that and experience that for ourselves, yeah. there's, it's, it, it's a lot of work and a lot of intentionality. And, and frankly, that's like me, I have had to really shift my perspective uh, getting around outside of the comfort side and really like putting myself out there to, to be in this. Cause it's not my story. Right. I didn't really come from a rough background at all. Right. Um, but I think, through that, everybody has their own story. Everybody has a testimony. Everybody can, can, um, influence somebody else because we all can find commonality somewhere, but that, that, the rawness is there. That's just, I love hearing that because, you know, and there's just, it, it, it generates this passion. It fuels this passion there that, that you, we need to be passionate about serving our King and, and being totally submitted to, to our Lord. Um, you know, one of the things that I didn't really pick up was when you got saved, but I want to go back to, tell me more about that lady in the apartment complex that took you to church. Yeah. How did she even come about inviting you to church and, yeah. and how are you in a position to say yes, not really knowing anything about that? Yeah. What was that like?
2: And I'll back up a little bit and I'll keep it short, but when my mom and I lived in, we lived in Section 8 housing all my life and um, I remember this big white bus would come by and... Um, would give away cookies to everyone who got on the bus to go to school or to go to church. And so I um, I, would—that's what kind of introduced me to the Christian walk, because my mom had nothing to do with Jesus, right? And so at this apartment complex that we were at, um, I remember these two kids would stand in front of the trash can every single Wednesday, and their mom would be picking—that's where they had to meet their mom to go to church— And they ended up asking me like, hey, do you want to go to church with us? And so I started going and it was a, it was literally called the name of the church was Fundamental Baptist Church. Okay. So you can imagine what's going on there. And so very, very religious, very religious, a A lot. lot. And so like I, um, but, but the, the youth pastor at that point and a couple of people in the church, they loved me. Like it was the weirdest thing. And it was like this moment where I was like, okay, like, you know and I started falling in love with the people there. And you know, it, all at the same time, I mean I had tattoos. And so these old religious ladies were like, you know, they loved me, but they were like mad at me. And you know, I was like, whatever. And so, um, but yeah, this lady, Debbie Whitney, okay, was, you know, very poor. And she had this car, this old Oldsmobile and I remember she would smoke a cigarette every time we were going to church. And but it, but now that I look back, like I didn't know then, but like it's evident she was not financially well at all, but she was doing her best. And I remember it'd be harder than hell, bro. But those windows would be down, we'd be sweating and we'd be going to church. And and what's crazy to me is she would go and pick up other kids, and I'm talking about from 20 minutes away and back Jeez. just to go to church. And so, Now when I look at people in the church and I see those people, you know, those people that are just kind of going above and beyond to like make it happen. I love it, you know, because I mean, even the late, I saw a lady cooking cookies at our church the other day. And I was like, oh gosh, I was like, do you know, you are the reason why I went to church when I was a kid. You right there, Mm -hmm. you know, just simple things like that. You know, it's crazy. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. So
0: that, that obviously made an impact on you, carried through with you. So what was kind of the next step? Um, you know, you mentioned the
2: youth pastor that came in your life. Was he a part of that same church? 100%. Yeah. So he was just this guy that, you know, loved the students there. Um, I would get, you know, I was in and out of jail just because I had truancy tickets because I never went to school. So they would arrest you. Isn't that wild? Anyways, um, they would arrest you um there was like seasons where i would go to jail for like stupid stuff like traffic tickets or whatever but he would bail me in and out of jail what's crazy is i never went to jail for the things that i should have gone to jail for that would have wrecked my story <laughs> yeah. you know i always went to jail for stupid stuff like i'm in jail with all these people I'm like what are you in for oh i blah 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 and i'm like yeah i have a freaking traffic ticket you know what i mean <laughs> that i'm not gonna pay because i don't believe in paying the government like that was me you know so um but he'd bail me out and he would come to me and he'd he be like he'd be like you know Like, and he'd walk me through just so gently, you know, and it was just like him constantly being, he probably bailed me out of jail probably 30 times, you know, so much money, you know? And so, um, he was the guy that when I wanted to buy a vehicle, he made me get a job where I had to save enough money, you know, to go and buy a vehicle, you know, it was like all this stuff that he was, he knew that I had a loss in my family. He, He knew my mom, actually, my mom would call him. Because I was acting up and he would come over and kind of help me through it, you know? And so um, it was his faithfulness of just him seeing a problematic student. I was a horrible person when I was a teenager. I, I I would do so much crazy stuff, right? And everyone in the church would judge him of, man, you're wasting your time with that kid. You're wasting your time with him. And he was faithful. And so he was 100% a reason why I believe that I was saved. because he brought the gospel to me in a way that it was Jesus. It wasn't a judgmental. It wasn't, it was faithful when people would have given up, he stayed in, you know, and it's cool now. Like I call my stepdad. I literally FaceTime this dude every day of my life Hmm. without question. And he loves my baby and him and his wife, you know, they go back and forth from Brazil, you know, cause they live in Brazil and he comes here. He married this woman and it's just like, it's amazing. So.
1: Are they still? Are they still
2: in ministry? Or 100. He has this church in Dallas. So I actually went and helped him start the church about four years ago. I started the church. I flew, or I actually drove and lived in Dallas for four years, and we started the church with him. Yeah, and and now we're back because my wife. You know, we need her to be back with her family. But yeah, then, yeah. I, so I've, this is the second time,
1: maybe third time, I've heard your story, and every single time, dude, it just it it challenges me to the It challenges me to another, like just another level. Like it's like, man, we can get in this rut of just being just comfortable Christians. And it's, it, it, it challenges me, number one. Um, And then number two, man, it's just, um, what do you think, how do you think, um, well, I'll save that question. I'll save that question for a little bit later. Um, What is... How how does this all play into? So you still have the nonprofit rocking and rolling, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, if people wanted to give, what, what is it, what is the nonprofit? Yeah,
2: so uh, they could go to tfp.life. So that's the Forgotten People tfp.life, and uh, there's a lot you could see there, for sure. Before we keep moving on, yeah, I just
1: have a couple more questions. Oh yeah, sorry, story. yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is again. This is Jonesy's yeah. first time. <laughs> Sorry, so you just yeah. I'll sit in the side. You and your caterpillar over there. <laughs> yes, I
0: got I gotta listen an inside Jeff. Well, uh, it's a caterpillar. Mustache, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, that beautiful. sweet mustache that he's yeah. growing over there. That's the beautiful. It's gonna be sweet one day. Uh, we were on a call with another guy helping us do this podcast, and he called it a caterpillar. So <laughs> that stuck with me. So That's good. Nice digress. Sense. So makes sense. <laughs> um. So then in that, when did you actually get saved as, as part of being in this youth group? Was it, was
2: it around that same 13, 14 year old age or was it later? Like I was, um, when I was working at the strip club, I was 19 years old and that moment at, you know, in that strip club where I was sitting behind in my vehicle, that's the moment where I actually fell in love with the presence of Jesus. Mm. And and what's scary is all throughout my youth group time and me being part of that church, I had thought I was a Christian. Mm. That's what's scary. It's not the fact that I, you know, knew that I wasn't really walking right. Like I just kind of thought because religion was so prevalent, it was like, oh, go to church, you'll be fine. You you can do whatever the freak you want to do on the weekends. But if you go to church, you're fine. I would literally, it's crazy. I would literally get done working from a strip club Saturday night at like four. And I was like, man, I got to play drums. You know, I've got to play drums at the church, you know? And so I would literally wake up three hours later just to go to church practice. And I genuinely had, there was no problem with that, you know? And so- but it was this moment where I went from religion, which is when you hear me preach, if you ever hear me preach, I preach constantly on the religion aspect. I feel like my life motto is flee from religion and fall in love with who Jesus is. Because you don't have to teach people stop smoking weed, stop drinking and getting drunk and stop you know, cussing people out. You don't have to teach people how to be good once they know who Jesus is. Because it's like my wife. Like, you don't have to write a book to me to tell me how to make my wife happy and what she loves and doesn't love. Like, You don't have to, the more time I spend with my wife, the more I realize this is what she likes, what she doesn't like. This is why I want to treat you so well is because I love you so much, right? And so the same thing happened. So whenever I fell in love with the presence of God, when I was awakened to, you have everything you want, Kyle. You have everything you want. But yet you're still as miserable as ever. That's the moment where I was like, whoa, like, Jesus, you are everything. You are who my hope has to be in, right? Like a student asked me the other day, why do you not smoke weed? Like, what's wrong with weed? It's not against the Bible, blah, 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 you know, like what, all this stuff. And I said, because when you go and you smoke weed, you're smoking weed usually for an issue or for a reason. You're smoking weed to kind of decompress or to get away from your thoughts or blah, blah, blah. I want that to be Jesus in my life. Like, there's nothing like worship and just sitting in worship and just being overtaken by the presence of God. That is true healing. Yeah. When I smoke weed, which I don't, but if I were to smoke weed, that's going to last for a good, probably hour and 10 minutes. And then I'm going to have to smoke more weed. Yeah. That, That will never last. You know what I mean? And so that's what I started realizing when I got really truly saved was he has to be everything, you know? And it's not this like, you better make him everything. No, it was like this desire of like, bro, I f- I finally found who you really are, you yeah. know? And it, it was good. There's, so. there's an
0: unlocking there for sure. I mean, there's been, it, my story wasn't like a radical change like that. It's been like this slow, progressive, yeah. like these small encounters that I look back and now like it's it's brought me to this right. place I'm at now in my life where I have, you know, the same desire, the same passion to, really what we're and it's crazy that we're kind of going here because this is a conversation that Ian and I have been having you know for the last month with just some things going on all around us in our lives where people get so comfortable in the grace and they get so defensive with the legalistic side of of just what it requires to uphold a standard and be a true follower of Jesus but and and there is an aspect of man we It's not legalistic, but there's an expectation that we need to uphold to be able to... to, to have that same desire, have all aspects of, of like truly pushing our chips and being all in on our faith. Like there are certain little things that we need to do every day. Yeah. You need to read your Bible every day. Yeah. Like that's not a legalistic thing. It's, it's, we read the Bible to understand the true character of God. And if we don't understand the true character of God, how are we going to know if he's speaking to us or if that's just our own thought? Yeah, You know, so that radical shift that you had, like, how have you just continued to, to press forward? Cause you're, you know, what, 19 year old, 19 years old when you said that? Yeah. And I'm guessing yeah. you're in, you're in your mid late
2: thirties.
0: 33. Okay. Early thirties. same, guys, age. same age. So, so from 19 to 33, how have you continued to yeah. tap into that? I, I guess for lack of a better phrase, like how do you, how do you model that where you keep that desire
2: fresh? That's the word fresh fire.
1: That's a great question. That was a good question. Thank you.
2: You should do this um, more. For me, man, it was, I went radical for a while and I thought everyone should be radical. And so I would ask people to donate to Guatemala and they said that they couldn't. Meanwhile, they had this expensive watch and it would just drive me crazy and I would get so mad i would genuinely get so mad and so i went through what's crazy is i went through a very religious state of my life when i first got radicalized it was on the other end on the other end i would be like wow why are you not like hey who wants to go with me to go feed you know the homeless in downtown houston and i'm like "Hmm, couldn't hear anybody you know and it was like and i would it would make me so mad bro like i would i went through a horrible season with that i mean even to the tvs and dave and busters Okay. I would, I would go to restaurants and bars or, you know, places I would see that they had all this stuff and it would just irritate me because it's like, I've seen where people don't have that. Now down the road, I start realizing that, you know, number one, I believe that we all have different callings. Not everyone is supposed to be going to Guatemala. Not everyone's supposed to be given to Guatemala. And that's okay. You know, there's a scripture that says, um, that he gives us the desires you know, does that actually mean that he, you know, why am I so passionate about Guatemala? Because he gave me that desire. Mm -hmm. You know, I I always used to look at that. I was like, oh God, I want a F-250 that's lifted up. Like that was my desire. And it's like, no, 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 God, like God gives you the desires of your heart. And so when you see people in ministry and they're just, fanatics about it, and I'm not. Like, there's this lady at our church that loves nursing homes. Do you know that I don't care at all about nursing homes? (laughs) Like, it's not in me, you know? Like, I love people. I love those people. But, like, I'm not—and I don't think that's a bad thing. You know what I mean? And so I started realizing that. So I started, you know, moving into this world of understanding, like, God, you are just so good. Like, the song, Goodness of God, is like—I listen to that probably every single day of my life because I just have to remind myself constantly of like, God, you're good. You know, I'll get a call, you know, from a client or I'll get a, you know, a call about a friend that just had cancer, or whatever it is, you know, when bad comes, when pressure comes, yeah. it, it's amazing to like, do you know, like I sit in this life today and I'm like, man, if I lost my company tomorrow, I'd be okay. I'm okay. You know, like. I can't tell you how many people would offer for me to come live with them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go hungry. You know what I mean? Like, I'll freaking figure out food, you know? Like, and I started coming to this mindset of like, I'm going to be okay. I'm good. Like, what am I worrying about? You know? And so for me, it's, it's seen in the last, I will say specifically five years, God has really just been pressing on me of, man, I'm a good God. You know, I'm a good father. Like, and so that trickles down to my little girl who now we're having a process of death with my little girl. OK, like a dog recently died, you know, a friend of ours just died. And it's a mom, Elma in Guatemala, right? The mm-hmm. lady who is taking care of my, my nonprofit in Guatemala, she dies. She's younger than me. She has two kids. So Kiki is starting to see all this. And so I get to be the one that says Jesus is good through it all. This doesn't mean we're not going to go through crap in our life, but he's so good through it. Look at what he's doing. Look what he did through my life. Look how he's taking care of those kids. I just went to a funeral where there's four kids who had just lost their mom. And they were smiling throughout this Mm -hmm. funeral. They were worshiping through this funeral. They were like, it was evident that the presence of God was all over that. And I get to tell my daughter and people all around me like, so for me what what keeps my faith strong what keeps me in, in line with Jesus what it's me constantly saying God you are good and seeing that evident in my life, I don't deserve probably 95% of what I'm experiencing in my life today I don't deserve it there's no way it should be coming to me you know and I look for evidence I look for everywhere I go I know God has me there for a reason so why am I here why was that wing stop yesterday to watch a game probably not it was probably for a different reason. And i look for those. And when I act in those, that's the other thing. You have to act on what God's telling you. A lot of people, God tells them a lot of stuff that they don't act Mm. in. But when you actually act in it, your faith has no choice but to be encouraged. Because you talk to a a woman who had lost her dad when she was eight. And so for me, it's a reminder of, okay, God, I see you again. Thank you. You know, so it's that. I think it's a combination of what you just said. Actually doing the things of the Lord correlates directly into seeing how good he is which pushes your faith even higher when you see people that are miserable in their lives christians who struggle with their faith you could usually come down to a point of like they're not serving Hmm. they're not walking and they're not seeing how good he is and being open to that you know so i call it um
0: well, to use a baseball analogy, because I'm a baseball guy, I talk to my boys about just going out. We're going to take ground balls every day. We're going to hit off the tee every time we get out. And and why we're doing that is it's just basics. We're just working on basic fundamentals. We're trying to master the basics. And there is a there's a mentality in terms of our faith where we need to just master the basics. Where we truly it look it truly is that simple. The gift yeah. is for you, right? It's, it's here. People just want to overcomplicate it. And then the whole debate on the theology aspect of it, because we got so many different flavors of what it looks like to walk with Jesus. Just from our own demise, we create this whole complicated level that doesn't really need to be there. If we just keep it simple and master the basics of our faith with our, our posture and truly submitting to the presence and understanding these concepts, I think the peace overcomes us.
1: I think basically what you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you realize the character of God has never changed, right? right? Who he is has never changed. And when we can understand that and go, hey, no matter what, like, how can you say God is good when... The mama four just died, right? Yeah. When you recognize right. that his our situation changed, but who he is has never changed. And 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 when you begin to do that, number one, and then like you said, number two, when you begin to activate what God tells you to do, I think that was a huge point that he said. That honestly, it convicted me, but I think it also a lot of Christians. It's like God's telling you to do something today, right? You know it. Like anyone listening to this, some God is if you claim to follow Christ and you are you're walking with Christ at at, at at some level. He's telling you to do something. He's telling you to reach out to somebody. He's telling you to give to something, right? But we we because like you said earlier, Kyle, because we're not grounded in those in those basics, mm. we miss it some we miss it, right? And so I would I would encourage just even those listening like hey God's character never changes. It's a fundamental thing. Who he is is who he is, period. And then number two, um, some of the basics, you need to act out those basics. And that continues that fire burning.
2: And he'll he'll provide you with everything that you need for it. I think a lot of people don't move. I hear it all the time. Kyle, you do crusades. I don't know how you do it. I would never be able to do that. (laughs) And I'm like, exactly. You know, like... We were raising money for this crusade and we were a week to the crusade and we still needed $10,000 to make this happen. I have to pay people to build this huge tent. I have to pay for the stage. I have to pay for the band. I mean, there's logistics that I have to make happen that if the money's not there, it will not happen. And I'm like, I'm not canceling this. I'm not going to cancel it. You know, I still need $10,000. I'm sending out emails. I'm like, okay, everyone. You know, I've given, you know, my wife and I are pushing in a lot of money. So I can't dip into that anymore because that's not financially wise for my family. And literally three days before the crusade, I get a call from this guy. He goes, hey, can you come over to my house? I'm like, okay, sure. And he literally hands me a $12,000 check. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, hey, all I need is $10,000, not only $12,000. He goes, no, you'll you'll need it. My director from Guatemala calls and says, hey, we have about $2,000 worth of repairs to make at the Life Center for the band to come stay. Some bathrooms are – we just need to do a little bit more to kind of make it – I was like, okay. And it's cool. For me, I'm like – I'm just – I get to just be the middleman and just see all the – I'm like a mailman. You know what I mean? I'm not the house, and I'm not the person who sent it. I'm just – Like when I go to Guatemala, I don't want to be the main preacher at these crusades. I want the locals to be the main preachers of the crusade. I just get to be the middleman. And it's amazing to see how we don't need anything to make this happen. God will do it. You know what I mean? And like conversation yesterday with that lady, like I had no idea what I was going to say. No idea what I was going to say to this lady, but I knew I had to say something. So what I did is I acted. I said, hey, how are you? That was my activation. How are you? Just to start the freaking conversation. You know what I mean? And once you start that conversation, it's, it's amazing how God just was totally in it. You you no word to say. Well, yeah. there, there's a. I think people. I, I I say this because this is how
0: I thought, um, and even some sometimes it still creeps back in. Every now and then, it's like, well, why would I talk to that person if I feel it if they're not going to get saved right now? And it's like we've got to change the perspective. There's a seed that is being planted. You're you might be just part of the that person's journey coming yeah. to home, coming to the faith, yeah. and you're just somebody else. You're just another seed. Maybe they've got a friend in their yeah. life already who is kind of working on them and being yeah. that 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 constant yeah. friend pulling them in. But you're just a drop of seed yeah. that's that's dripping the Holy Spirit on them. Yeah. And, yeah. and so if you don't act on that, they're missing out on that, and you're withholding that. And yeah. there's an obligation that we have to. Be a conduit and have to be somebody that can flow through. So, uh, the, the one of my favorite songs right now, it's kind of what we're talking about, is "Same God," and it's it's when, yeah. when we t- it talks about you know the same God for Moses. Yeah. It goes through the whole yeah. you know a lot of the the Old Testament uh, notables, and it it just sparked this thought in my head. And this obviously really has nothing to do with maybe a particular story or part of your story but I really believe that people may not truly believe that he's the same God right. that we read about in the Bible that is living today Yeah, because of how they live their lives Yeah, and I think there's just a practicality nature about it and there's not really a question this is more just observation there's a practical side of this where it's like We don't necessarily understand that He dwells in us now. We are the dwelling place. You know, in the Old Testament days, in Moses' era, there was a specific tabernacle where that was the dwelling place. And that's how it was. And there were specific people. It was very protected. But when Jesus came and gave us the Holy Spirit, that now lives inside of us. So now we are the dwelling place, and I think people just don't take that seriously enough. And again, I say that from my own personal experience in my upbringing until I really had this, this conviction in my spirit that hey, I need to take this more seriously. Yeah. And I need to, I need to be more vocal, be more bold. Yeah. And there's that. It's it, that it comes out this passion. Like I feel like there's, and i I get this from you but I feel this way too. And, and even from Ian, like there's a sense of urgency here. Like there's a sense of urgency where we've got to live this way. We've got to be in intention every day just so we can take that next step. So we can have that boldness because there is a, an understanding that yeah, we're not the ones that that are putting all the pieces together. We're just part
2: of the the, we can't, the play. We cannot overcomplicate it. We we overcomplicate the Christian walk so much. I'm the most uneducated man out of a lot of my friends that I have, and when I preach, I'm very simplified. You know, because you know I'm not a freaking Bible scholar. You know, so I'm just going to kind of preach what I know, and I'm just going to hit home, and we'll go. You know, yeah. like I'm just going to do it. But I think that, like when you look at the disciples, they would do radical stuff. They would do radical stuff. Jesus, of course, would do radical stuff. He would hang out with or be with people that you know the, would, would be looked down on, right? And so in today's world, I, I look at it and I have this mindset of you're here for a reason, you're here for a reason, you're here for a reason. I think every single day I'm probably missing about a hundred or so opportunities. Right. But I just listened to the Lord. And for me, like, I've been in situations. I was in a, I was flying home and I, uh, got an Uber to come home and I was in the Uber. No reason to be in an Uber. And I normally drive to an airport, but for some reason I didn't drive to the airport. I get an Uber and my Uber driver's Muslim and for me, I'm not a Bible scholar. So that's kind of intimidating, you know, because I'm about to sit here and talk to him about who Jesus is. But he's, you know, like <clears throat> devout Muslim. Oh, yeah. And so I just got real with him. Mm-hmm. And I said, bro, your family, your kids, your wife. I was like, look what God's doing in your life. And I just started speaking to this life, not about, you know, trying to prove the existence of G- who Jesus is. And I said, bro, you're miserable right now, aren't you? And he goes, I am. I said, but you go to your mosque every however often. He goes, bro, we're going every day. And we just started having a crazy conversation where I put my guard down. A lot of times we have guards of people that we're, you know, Muslims and Christians, right? Like we have this weird guard that we have up that it's like, bro, if we broke that down and just talked to each other and just loved each other, like there's a lot that we can do there. And this, this guy literally gets saved while I was sitting in the back of a Zoomer. We're sitting in front of my house for 30 minutes. My wife's like, what are you doing sitting in front of, I'm like, and this Muslim gets saved. I pray for him and he gets saved. And I still talk to him this day, to this day. And he's like, and he goes, bro, it's so weird. Like the, the moment that his wife was able to take off, you know, everything that she's been accustomed to. Although, and when you're a Muslim, I mean, it's like us going to be a Muslim. That is a major a deal. Major deal. Yeah. So for me, you know, there's a guy at a gas station. Then I would go to this gas station when I lived in this area over and over again. And he was the sweetest guy ever. And one day we started talking and I just started talking about his life and he was miserable. And I started following him on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And he starts seeing my postings on Facebook. And one day he messages me and we and I go over and I talk with him and homeboy gets saved, you know, and it's like, for me, it's just like we, just, we 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 can't overcomplicate this. I think that we, we think, okay, well, for me to be a good Christian, I got to go to community groups for church. And to really reach people, we got to go on our annual mission trip. You know, and it's like, no. Like I had a client two weeks ago call me, a client that I have, who I met with at Chick-fil-A, who told me I'm about to kill myself. I need to talk to you. A client of mine. Because his life is going downhill quicker than he could ever imagine. He's an ex-military, so he's got so much crap going on in his mind. His, he just saw his friend. He just found his friend hanging from a tree because he killed himself. Wow. And it's like, that's just what we have to be. We have to be, we have to love people. None of these people, like this guy, I don't know if he would have ever called me if I was a rude business owner who was just by the books. But I tried to treat each client with love and respect and just be a, a human to people. Completely. And and when you're that, when you're just open to the presence of God, you have guys like this who has no one else. It's weird. He had no one else that he wanted to call, but a guy who runs his Facebook ads. Like, that's crazy to me. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Well, it shines
0: through. I mean, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. I I just, I can feel it all over you, just yeah. being in your presence too. I mean, I feel, um, I feel a sense of peace just, mm-hmm. just coming yeah. off of you. And I, 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 guarantee you the listeners are going to be able to feel that coming through the microphone. Um, cause I think there's just the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, man, that's just, it's incredible. Um, there's, there's so many other things going through my head right now. Yeah. This could be a three hour show. No,
1: it really could. <laughs> I want to, I want to tie in a little bit, you know, cause this is a, a kingdom flow podcast where we, I, again, his story is just too good not to tell. Like just God's goodness is just crazy, but let's, let's, let's pull into the business side a little bit now. Let's take a, let's take a, is that okay to take yeah, a yeah. little bit of a curveball and go, okay, so we've, we've gone over your life, the, the chaos that God's brought you through. And we talked about your nonprofit now that is just doing incredible things. Yeah. Um, you're in the digital marketing space, right? And what is, what is? I think you've answered a little bit of it even just before, like just saying, Hey, like my client called me, but what is that? What does it look like living in kingdom flow, living in order, living in, in, in the business side of it? What are y'all doing? Who's some of your clients? I mean, you know, give a little, um, just a little, does that, does that make sense? A little bit? of I,
0: I mean, uh, maybe I'll ask it this way. Like talk about how the intentionality behind bringing your faith in the business place why, yeah. yeah. you know, um, why it's not you know compartmentalized
2: yeah yeah so when i first started my company i'm making you know more money than i'd ever had in my life and i was abusing that i was i was not you know i was a christian you know but like i was just kind of Abuse, like not you know, stewarding it right not stewarding it right okay. right like i and i was getting cocky you know mm. i was like Look at what I'm doing, you know, and uh, God has every single time that I've done that put me exactly where I need to be in a gracious way. You know, I remember one time I'm living in Dallas. My company is doing well. I have eight Christian Brothers automotive owners, which was crazy. And for me, I, I got to this point where I was like, man, I, you know, I've got Christian Brothers Auto. It was my first, like, corporate account because I had, like, Joe's Plumbing for, you know, and, like, you know, Maria's Taco Flora. You know, like, I had all those companies, mm-hmm. but, like, getting Christian Brothers Automotive at the time was like, look at this. You know what I mean? And so I remember getting to that place, and I literally got a, a call probably from six owners, you know, yeah. saying, hey, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, we don't see an ROI on this, you know? And I remember, like, literally getting that call. I'm sitting in my baby's room. My little girl's like two years old, you know, and I'm like playing around with her and I'm looking at her crying. Cause I was like, Holy crap. I'm financially about to be done, you know? Cause I didn't have a staff at this point. It was me and Christian Martin's automotive. I played it off really well. I was like, Oh, you know, I have a big company, but like they were 95% <laughs> of my clients. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh crap. I'm about to lose everything, you know? And, and I literally like, for me, it's, it's humbled me. And every time that's why I'm very careful now of like what I'm saying and I'm being very conscious about it. And it's not bad to talk about it, but how do you talk about it? And do you generally believe it's because of you or do you think it's because of God? You know, I think there's a way that you go about that. And so, yeah, I've seen how. I've told God, I had this one conversation, I was praying, and I was like, God, genuinely, I'm sorry, this isn't about me. This is all about you. I promise you that, Jesus. You know, my heart, like, whatever, I, said, I will shut my mouth. I will not do that again. I promise you, okay? And I've had these conversations so much, and, and it's cool to see how God has just brought, you know, number one, he's given me a passion for what I do. Right, I meet so many marketing people that do marketing just because it's like, ooh, I'm just going to do marketing. But for me, I'm like, it's weird, but I'm a fanatic about it. I love it. I love every aspect of it. I am not... um as probably technically sound as a lot of these marketing agencies, they'll, they'll start talking about like, you know, all this terms. I can't tell you how many corporate meetings I've been in with, you know, I won't name the client, um, but it sounds like Christian, but I'll be in like a, a corporate meeting and those, st- and people in the meeting will s- sit there and use terms that I've never heard in my entire life. And so I'll be Googling like, well, you know, and then I'll call it out like, yeah, SEO, you know, I've got SEO, you know, like whatever. And I would just literally just fake it till I made it. And, but what was crazy about it is like God was just giving it's amazing how God doesn't just, you know, to make my business successful, He was making my clients' businesses mm. successful through my work. Yeah. And, and so, and, and what was crazy is He, He, like, I, I sit in front of people all the time who are like, dude, I never thought about marketing like that. You know what I mean? Like, and so we started getting hired by, like crazy clients that are just sitting in front of us and they're like amazed. And I'm like, dude, if you only knew like what's really happening here, like you're not going to be happy, you know? And so we've gotten, you know, the opportunity and just seeing the connections, like I was saying earlier, we made a re- random website for a florist company and that led me into doing work for like Ben Carson, you know what I mean? And I didn't know I was doing work for Ben Carson until a week after we had signed the deal. Like I, I, um, this nonprofit calls me. They say, "Hey, we love your work. Can you do it for us?" Blah, blah blah. And Then they start sending me videos, and and I listen to this video from Ben Carson saying, "You know, hey, this is blah blah blah, and uh, this is the nonprofit I started, and you know, would love for you to be a part." And I'm like, I'm, I text the guy. I'm like, "Dude, are you with Ben Carson?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm actually his direct assistant. This is one of his nonprofits." I said, "You should have said that from the beginning." He goes, "If I would have said that, you would have charged us ten times more." I was like, dang, right? I would have, you know. So, but but what's amazing about that? Let me tell. You you this and I have to be very careful with how I say this but that of course led us into other like um packs mm. okay so like uh you know conservative you know moves movements and nonprofits yeah. and stuff like that and so through that I've been able to meet like amazing people and, and do work for like you know people like you know, Newt Gingrich and Kellyanne Conway and Kaylee McEnany and all these just politicians. Um, But in that sense, and I have to be very careful how I say this, you know, I'm meeting also other types of people like, you know, you know, Trump's photographers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you get deeper and you start, I know probably over 20 people now who have worked in the White House, you know, and. And what's amazing is like, I'll be at these political events. And sometimes when I go and I have to spend the night and I'll take my staff with me, some of my team members, you know, we'll be having dinner with these people. And it's crazy how like, it just starts turning into this, like this God conversation Mm. with people who are lost. Mm. Like they're in this political realm and they have a face value. Like of this is who we are, this is what we believe in. But when you get down to their lives, like they're, they're, you know, they're miserable. Mm. And so here I am, you know, sometimes sitting, and I'm not talking about any of the main politicians, right? I'm talking about a lot of the staff, right? You you start listening to some of these, con- you know, and I'm talking about like, I'm sitting with lobbyists. I'm sitting with, um, I don't know if this stuff's okay for me to say. I'm, you know, I'm sitting with um, staffers. And, you know, you have these conversations where they're, you know, a lot of these people are just, in the um they're in the the circle Mm -hmm. okay and they're miserable and it's like here i am just doing digital for these things and i'm having dinners at the most fancy freaking restaurants ever like What's up with fancy restaurants? Their food sucks, by the way, all the time. they give you the littlest portions. Like, just take me to Cheesecake Factory, Anyway, <laughs> But, um, but you're eating at these restaurants and everything's all fancy. And me and my, you know, friends, you know, the guys who go with me who work for my company, we're like all out of place, you know, because we're like, okay, like, do I put the fork here, or there, you know, like all this stuff. And we're just having these conversations with people that are just so good. And I, and I finally woke up to the reality of, like, God, like, what are you doing? like, And I realized, like, you know, how many people get in these positions in this digital space and just stay in digital mm-hmm. in these conversations? Like, oh, this is what we can do with your marketing, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I felt like God said, no, I'm going to put you in this place because— I know that you will glorify me in this. And I know that that girl right there is so miserable in her mm-hmm. life that you're going to say something today that's going to wreck her world. And it happens. And so it's crazy is like, I have people on my phone that I should never have on my phone. But they call me, they text me. Still to this day of like, just, you know, like what, like my birthday, I had someone send me stuff. You know what I mean? Like, And it's just cool to see how like, when you're just real, when you're just, I call myself the moon. You know, I'm not the sun. You know, the is in the sun. God is the power, right? But if I'm just a moon, I could bright some spaces. Have you ever seen a, a moon is freaking bright when it's bright, right? Mm. That's what I want to be. Like, that's where I say, like, I'm imperfect. I have craters all over the place, you know, but... You know, it's it's amazing to be in seasons like that. So, yeah, when you walk in line, when you keep everything in order with Jesus and you're—you don't get cocky. You don't—you know, you don't treat people—like when clients, for instance, do things that I don't like, you know, they cancel. And I think it's absolutely stupid that they're canceling, you know, because they're not following what they said. You know, I have to be mindful of—and I tell my team, you do not disrespect. I had a a lady not from— a corporate company, but a small company, literally cussed my team out. And my t- well, this lady was crying. Hmm. And she wanted to just go off on them. And I said, don't do it. I said, do not do it because, listen, you have no idea what she's going through right now. No idea what she's going through. You need to love her. And so our team, my company, works in this mindset of, I don't care what happens, you respect and you love people. Because it's an opportunity for us. And sure enough, that lady came back to me. We 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 canceled her as a client. So she's no longer a client of ours. We fired her as a client. It was the first time I've ever done that. But she came to me three months later with this email that was just apologizing and saying like I was going through stuff and whatever. And it was just a moment where I was like, man, okay, this is good, you know. So I guess that's walking in line with God and and running your business and and just letting him take control. And yeah. even down to the, and I'll be done here, but even down into the mindsets of marketing. I can't tell you how many ideas I have gotten in the marketing world that has changed the freaking script for me. I was taking a shower and I was thinking about, for instance, our automotive clients. They have these leads that are coming in, but my owners are saying, hey, these leads aren't coming in. We have a lot of leads coming in, but these people aren't converting to dollars. And I'm like, how in the heck are we getting? And so they're, we're emailing them, we're calling them, but these leads aren't coming in. And I'm taking a shower and I literally think about this process of like we could use this automation tool to send an automated text we can make it personal like i I just come up with this mind so i tell my team when we try it and it freaking like converts up to like 98 percent of the leads were coming in and then i started getting calls from more and more owners and it was just things like that that i'm like okay god like this is you know you so yeah Totally.
1: I'm thinking about, you know, you're talking, again, we're going into the business side of it, but he's using, you're in these circles, these inner circles, and he's using Zion Multimedia as another avenue for another Guatemala just in everyday life, right? Yeah. It's another mission field. And I think, you know, most people listening to this podcast, I mean, I've been on a couple mission trips. I've been, um but most people this is going to be you know they're not necessarily going to be i mean i would say everyone should go on a mission trip just right. to see another place but right. but their mission field and their business and who they are like we had a very similar story with the muslim lady in our in our business right um we gave some free automotive repair for her and we we were playing christian music and um She took off the whole headdress. I mean, I'm sitting in my lobby telling her, she's like, what is this Jesus that I keep hearing about in the music? And I'm telling her about Jesus. And she goes, I want that Jesus. She takes off her deal. I'm boohooing like a baby. She's boohooing like a baby. Um, But that's, that's the mission field. And I think, you know, that is... What most of us on this podcast or that are listening are going—it's the guy next door. It's the—it's the situation room that you're in. It's the conference table. It's the—it's 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 the meeting. It's—it's it's the interview. It's all those things, and so um, it just seems like even God with Zion is using your business yeah. as another avenue to continue to reach people yeah. um, and build lives through that business, and it's—it's um, it's pretty cool pretty cool thing
0: yeah no man I I think there's a lot of uh, takeaways from the story um, and just having this conversation you know I I could probably see that we have another conversation as a follow up to this to really dig in in more but um, you know I just I want to honor you with with just your steadiness and your faithfulness and your realness um, because you truly are making a huge impact for his kingdom and your father is proud of you and I just want you to hear that I think he wants you to hear that uh, I feel obligated to just honor you and yeah. and you and, and meeting you and for the first time and so um, I mean I'm I'm moved by your story and and challenged from a standpoint of like just just taking up another level of boldness yeah. I think that's something that everybody can yeah. take away from this story is there's just such a, a pureness and a rawness to um, to living it out and what that looks like. And it's just taking the next step. It, it really is. When we take the next step, God's going to open up doors. I yeah. think that, that happened multiple times for you is what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. You know, you, you had no idea what was going to happen in Guatemala when you went down there, yeah. you know, and, and now look at it. it. It's just, and you have that shining all over your business yeah. as well. Um, that's so good, yeah.
1: man. Hey, as we wrap this up, Kyle, can two things. Number one, I'd like to, where can people follow you? Where can they see your story, social media, you know, give, give some plugs on that real quick.
2: Yeah, so everything is under, um, just because of our business and whatnot, uh, you can find everything you need to know on, at kyleewald.com. I know it sounds crazy, but I have all my links gathered underneath this one. So, uh, KyleEwald.com. That's two E's in the middle. So Spell it, actually. K-Y-L-E, another E-W-A-L-D.com.
1: Fantastic. And then number two, would you mind, we always open up in prayer. Yeah. Can you can you close us in prayer? Yeah, I think it's appropriate.
2: Sure. Yeah. So, Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for always what you do in our lives, Lord, and the listeners here, man, that they would just come to this place where they realize whatever state they may be in their lives, Lord, no matter how financially successful they may be, wherever they are in their lives, Lord, we ask you that you would just remind them, God, that number one, you're good and that you are faithful and that no matter what hell we go through, you are there and you have um, an incredible way of using those situations for your glory, which in turn, blesses us as well. And so we we thank you for that, God. And we ask you that you would allow it to be evident on people's lives that your hand has always been on their lives, that your hand is always there no matter what. And that, God, that people would just see that every single place that they go, God, is another opportunity um, to, to share who you are. And that may be vocally just walking up to somebody. And that may just be people being allowed to see your life and, and just seeing your glory shine through them without them having to even say a word. Mm. God, that is who I want to be. That's who I believe most people should want to be is just, the pure example of who you are and what you have for us, God. Let us cut away religion. Let us cut away drama. I needed drama in our lives, Lord, and let us just simply come to the reality of who you are and who you want us to be in your beautiful name. We pray. Amen. 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 Golly, well, thanks, man. Amen. Appreciate you, yeah, man.
1: On. Thanks for listening. We hope that you feel encouraged by today's episode.
0: Help us reach the masses by leaving a review and subscribing to the show.